Yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin. It's time for our first movie news roundup of February of 2020. It's been a couple of weeks, I guess, since we've officially dived in, I guess is the word I'm looking for, uh, to the to the movie news world. We used to be in this pretty much every week with movie news rumors rumblings, but so many Oscar-y type movies have come out that we've dedicated our time the past couple of weeks to doing reviews of Oscar movies. So it's either we talk news or we review these movies that are going to be awards contenders on Oscar night that most people are probably going to revisit after the Oscars. So wanted to try to touch on as many of those movies as we possibly could before the Oscar ceremony happens, I guess this Sunday, Brian. Yeah, man, it's kind of snuck up on me because it's so early this year compared to, I, which mm-hmm. I like. I appreciate that it's not literally two months after every other award show, um, but it, it's, it took me by surprise. I was. It sucks for us because we can't slack off and do these reviews in the March <laughs> or whatever we usually yeah. do. But hey, we did a uh, seriously though. We I'm not I'm not patting us on the back. I'm just saying we crushed a lot of. Of, I think more than even in years past, and we had a shorter time to do it. That's good. That, that we, we were did. on top of things. Yeah, yeah, we did. So. We we tried to get them all out there. I think and, we covered everything that that every American film that needed to be covered. I feel like this last year, or, or close enough to it. Right? right. Like we didn't do like Marriage Story or anything. So we missed some, but I think mm-hmm. we, you know, we we hit more than than we we normally do anyway. So it was very good. Absolutely, and plenty of more content happening over in the VIP. Man, it's been awesome over there, and it is popping off, and I can't even begin to tell you how much fun we're having over there chatting with our lovely VIPs over in the Discord on a daily basis. We've got tons of channels. I'm just going to go through a list of the channels here live on the air, and maybe this will pique some interest. So we got a general chat channel. We've got a new What I'm Watching channel which is one of my favorite editions of people just sharing what they're watching on a daily basis, you know, Friday night, what they've got on Netflix, things like that. And that spars a lot of fun conversations. So anytime you're watching something that you think people would be interested in or talking about, just throw it in that channel. And a lot of our VIPs are very quick to respond and chime in on that discussion. So that's been fun. We got a new news rumors, rumblings channel on there, a show discussion channel where we talk about episodes that we've done on here or, you know, suggestions and requests. We've got a channel for that as well. We've got a movie draft channel for our movie draft, which is coming up very soon, either tomorrow or next week. Stay tuned. It could surprise you here in the next day or two. And then we've got a couple of specialized channels, Mad About Sports, where we got all things sports. We had a great Super Bowl talk happening there last night. It was a lot of fun. Mad About Music, Mad About Star Wars, Mad About TV, Mad About Video Games. We've got a great video game community happening amongst our listeners and that's really fun so if any of that stuff piques your interest if you want to be involved in our community it's madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash vip and a ton of fun episodes happening over there as well yeah big time we got our ama big, coming big up couple of weeks for us yeah. yeah we got our traffic throwback conversation coming up this week we are got we got a lot of fun stuff so if that interests you like i said please join us over there it's a lot of fun and the show and the conversation continues off the air after we get off the main feed every week and spills over onto that discord after we get off. And it's really fun. And uh, it's one of my favorite things to do every week is interact with those people. So shout out to our Vipers. So having said that, lots to catch up on. But before I do that, Brian, uh, we got to acknowledge that Richard is not here. We think the Corky Romano episode that just dropped killed him. <laughs> we haven't heard from him since he sent it to us. And he, yeah, he sent it rough. to us with an email full of expletives. Mm-hmm. said i'm never right. forgiving you and then we haven't yeah. heard from him since so if you yeah, get a hold of prayers. richard mm-hmm. yeah. let us know and he might join us uh again someday on here but let, let, let's hope he doesn't come back so that his his last breath was talking about quirky romano that would be a funny <laughs> way to go right you just need to get a guy up until the very you know, end and then quirky romano happens and he yeah. <laughs> just needs to get away for a little while, kind of refresh. I get it. Yes. I understand. Recover. Um, yeah. I mean, he can't go to the woods because he's afraid of the woods, so he can't just like <laughs> go get a cabin, but mm-hmm. but maybe a beach somewhere, something like that. Uh, just, just you know, relax, recharge. Maybe he'll be back. It, I mean, that, it would, that, that uh, movie, I mean, who could blame him if he needed months, really? Yeah. Uh, it's a tough, 
It's a tough one. I think so. he just found out where Chris Kattan currently is and then went to the literal <laughs> opposite of that. Right. So, I mean, anyone can find out where Chris Kattan is. He'll tell you. He's, yeah. just, he's just happy that somebody wants to talk to him. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, Richard did that episode because he lost the movie draft last year, I guess, 2019 uh-huh. movie draft. But we got uh-huh. another movie draft coming up here soon, which we will be drafting fantasy draft style our picks for 2020. We got some fun rules changes coming up and it's going to be a really fun time to to draft and predict how the movie slate is going to end up for 2020 so stay tuned for that like i said but before we dive into this news a little bit brian maybe uh last minute oscar predictions oscar thoughts before i I saw last night 1917 pretty much swept the baftas Mm -hmm. so you know it looks like 1917 is going to be the movie i i don't see yeah. I don't see any other movie, maybe at least Parasite. Best Picture. Yeah. Oh, maybe Parasite. I'm, I think Parasite has the best chance of, of upsetting 1917, but it would, to me, not how I would vote, but it would be an upset at this point, yeah. I think, if, if Parasite. If 1917 didn't win, I would be surprised at this point, yeah. Right, yeah. I, I just don't see anything slowing down the 1917 mm-hmm. momentum. It's still, I'm still holding out hope for a write-in vote um, on Alita. That's... <laughs> Honestly, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for, but that's my heart, you know. No well, there are a few Vipers that would have written it in, <laughs> for sure, according to yes. our conversations we've had. Yes. But there's definitely, you know, a lot of hype behind 1917 right now, and, and justifiably so. It's a, it's certainly an achievement, but, I mean, I guess I'll save that conversation for later. But, but yeah, man, it seems like Joaquin's going to take the mm-hmm. take best actor. I mean, he's pretty much swept the sags, and... And all the mm-hmm. other preliminary awards for that, and and we'll just have to see. But Parasite, like you said, has been doing very well in the independent awards circuit, and mm-hmm. and has you know aside from the Oscars, I mean, has done has done very well. And so you're right, man. If if Parasite turns some heads, I think that's all the better. They did re- so, re-release yeah. it. One of the things, and I'm sure at this point, like a lot of our our listeners probably know this, but in case you don't, the one of the things that that Parasite has going for it is that, and 1917 too has this a little bit as well. It's it's the balloting is is preferential balloting, and so you you mark your um you mark your top candidates from for or choices or whatever, and then they cull through and they knock out the the movies that have of the nine nominees right like for best picture there's Mm -hmm. nine nominees so they knock out the the bottom one that didn't get they got the least votes and then they go from there on up the list and parasite is one that has there are almost no complaints with it that you can make even if you don't love parasite it's very hard to have a complaint on that one and say well this is the reason why i'm not going to even put it in on my ballot as like third place or something Mm -hmm. like that and so that could end up being there will be a segment of the of the voting pub of the voting population that's like 1917 was great cinematography but nothing else and there will be a segment that will say i'm not going to vote for a war movie in a great movie year like this which i i mean i think that i I wouldn't vote for 1917 but i think that's kind of a dumb reason not to put it in but some people will say that and there are other reasons that 1917 will lose a few votes and and some of the others and parasite kind of doesn't have a flaw its only flaw really is that it is a foreign film and that's not a flaw but it could be i guess it could be seen as a flaw by some people so i think that could play a part in all of this um but but i sorry i'm long-winded but i agree with you i I think 19 it's at this point it feels like it's 1917s to lose yeah absolutely and and i think you know we have talked about it but I think Dunkirk is a better movie than 1917, and Dunkirk didn't even have a chance. It felt like mm-hmm. when yeah. when it was not it was nominated for Best Picture, but I, nobody went into that night being mm-hmm. thinking it could win. Yeah, and it it's didn't. fine. Like if 1917 wins, I don't think. I mean, we'll do our first of all. If you're new to the show, we we will live tweet the the Oscars um, from our Twitter account at Mad About Movies, and then we'll do a, a post game show. We do that every year. We on here and we have immediate reactions and talk through the the big categories and things like that. So, like, if 1917 wins, I can't imagine that any of the three of us are going to come on here and just be angry that that happened. I think it's a very very good movie, and I have no personally anyway. I have no problem with it with it winning. Um, 
but it you know there are this it would not be my choice of of the nine films that are up for it i guess yeah absolutely well like brian said we will have our oscars post game show and, and it'll be really fun so a couple of hours after the oscars or monday morning if you want to check that out feel free to do so here on the main feed but like i said they re-released parasites and theaters in black and white so if you want to go see parasite there's a couple of theaters or at least around me that are playing it a couple of the independent theaters it's all the only thing they're showing so if you want to go see parasite there is still time before next week's ceremony to see that it is great and we did an episode on it and i think there's still time to see a couple more of these oscar movies 1917 like i said is still still doing very well so on and that Parasite note, is out on digital and, and Blu-ray now as well. Is it? So okay, if good. If you've been waiting on that, it's, it's out there. It's available before, before the Oscars, and I highly recommend it. Absolutely. So, you know, speaking of movies that are currently out, let's just update on the box office real quick, Brian. Mm-hmm. Bad Boys for Life, still <laughs> dominating the box office. Have you seen Bad Boys for Life? Dude, I haven't yet. I missed that episode, and then this... I, this is my busy season at work, and so I haven't had a chance to. A lot of times during the during non busy season, I go see movies on on Friday morning or on Monday morning, and this is my this is my busy time. So I just ha- I haven't gotten to it. I I will try to do so before it gets out of theaters. Um, but and and I listen to to uh, you and and Richard and Shane talk it out and whatnot, and so uh, I I I'm. It, I'm kind of happy for it in a way. Like I really didn't want that movie. That was not something that I thought we definitely need to get this. Uh, but I, you know, it's, it's doing, it's doing pretty well and that's good. It's good. I'm, I'm okay with that. It's doing very well. It's made $300 million already. It's been out for 17 days, 150 million domestically here in the U S and 150 million, pretty much world uh, internationally. That surprised mm-hmm. me a little bit. I thought this would be a way bigger player domestically than internationally. Will but, Smith's still a movie star yeah, overseas, I guess. You know, that's that's part of it. I think. Yeah. Also, um, the other reason that I kind of am happy that this is doing well is that it kind of makes Michael Bay look bad because the other two movies are terrible, just terrible. And mm-hmm. now you get rid of him, and it's like, oh, is this the best one of the series? Yes, very clearly it is. So. I like that a little bit. Yeah. I kind of like when Michael Bay kind of takes a little shot because he's annoying. I don't, I don't care for him. <laughs> he is in the movie, though. So if you want to okay. see Michael Bay, he has a cameo for some well, reason. Can't wait. Can't believe he got on set and like didn't force himself behind the camera to direct it. You know, I just think uh-huh. like if he's going to be involved, he's going to do it. You know? Sure. Yeah. I, that's, that's, he just seems like that yeah. kind of guy. It's just yeah. not, not, not very high in the sense of humor about oneself department. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. Or, you big know, time. bearability department or <laughs> like decent human. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh it's great to see that. And and like I said, it, it it's awesome to see Will Smith kind of having a resurgence because he hasn't had a great I guess past couple of months. Last year. Decades. I mean he mm-hmm. his last movie <laughs> yeah, dec a couple <laughs> couple decades. His last movie since I guess 2019 was Aladdin that made over a billion dollars. And then he had Gemini man last year, but he's kicking off 2020 with bad boys for life dominating for literally the first entire month of the year. It'll mm-hmm. probably do, you know, stay in the box office at least another month or two. And then he's got this Serena Williams movie coming out later this yeah. year where he plays yeah. uh, Serena Williams dad. Or Venus and mm-hmm. Venus and Serena's dad, so it could be a dramatic turn for Will at the end of the year. It could be a, mm-hmm. a Will Smith assance upon us. You know, look here's here's what I would say on that. It's it's a positive sign if you're in the Will Will Smith camp. If you're rooting for Will Smith, which I am, I, I've said before, like I don't like, I haven't liked a Will Smith movie really in a long time. Um, but Will Smith is the movie star of my childhood, and at one for a very long time was my favorite actor. And I would very much like to see him uh, rediscover it and and be able to to be culturally relevant again. He's been, comp- I mean, just lost in the desert with his terrible choices. So if you're in the camp that's like, 
I, that is rooting for him that wants him to get back to some sort of, uh, if not the top, then just like, you know, relevancy. It's a good sign that he had three movies last year, even with, with those two that you mentioned in spies in disguise. Like I didn't care for any of those films, but at least he was, <laughs> at least he was taking shots, you know, at least he was out there like trying to make something happen because I think that's been part of the problem for him is that, you know, he had this formula of like what makes a great movie or what makes a hit movie famously. That's like part of his, his deal. And I think it, he never recalibrated that, that formula. And, and because of that, he's just kind of been, he has seemed to me over the last few years that he was kind of afraid to take a shot. Cause he just was like, I don't, I don't really know what to do anymore. So he's got that. He's got two plus movies this year. And so if he starts to be, a little more prolific. I think there's a chance that he, he kind of rediscovers it or finds what's good now and, and figures out his place in all of this and, and can go from there. And I hope so. Cause I, again, I love Will and I'd love to see him be uh, a movie star again. Um, and I, I do like when he does the dramatic stuff. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped for, for King Richard at the end around Thanksgiving, I think so, but I, I, I'm hoping for the best for him. It would be great to see that resurgence happen. Yeah. He, he never really fell off the, the likability, uh, it has nothing really happened publicly that made us not like Will Smith anymore. He just didn't do good mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. yeah. So it's not yeah. like an assault of character or anything like that that made him not as popular or or not as much in our zeitgeist as he had been previously. It's just like, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. fell off and it happens, you know? Nobody knows anything. I guess that's the saying about about the movie industry is you just never know what's going to work. I mean, you think after earth is going to be this huge smash and Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, and you you can't do much about it. So you think Gemini man is going to change the way people see movies and it comes out and it's out of the theaters two weeks later. So it just, stuff just kind of happens, but I'm glad, you know, and they're making another bad boys too. So that's yeah, totally, totally. The other thing, the only thing I would add to that can't, cause I think you're right. Like there's, there's a little bit of John Krasinski to it, right? Where it's just like, well, I, I tried and it, I, I took a project that should have been good and it just turned out wrong. Um, but also he needs to recalibrate the calculus a little bit. And I think for about a decade, he's been trying to make movies in 2008. And that doesn't work anymore. Like the formula doesn't work anymore the way it did from... I don't know, Independence Day until like I Am Legend. Like that's just not the same form. We don't we don't make movies like that anymore unless you're Tom Cruise, really. And so he needs to figure out how to So that's what I mean. Like if he's prolific and he makes a couple of movies a year, it's possible that in doing that he'll get not just a hit, but like he'll discover like, oh, okay, so this is like how movies work in the twenty twenties. Okay, I can do that and figures out how to how to get in how to be a, a new phase of his career, how to how to operate a new phase of his career, I guess. Yeah, I think he thought concussion was going to be like this huge thing, and it yeah, ended up just making everybody angry. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, you can't win them all, and he certainly hasn't won them all in the past couple of years. So, like I said, good to see, good to see Will again and doing well, and hope hope the best for him. Hope we get a, a Will Smith assance. I always said they should reboot Fresh Prince, and it should be about a guy from Bel Air who has to go to West Philadelphia. <laughs> should be the opposite, okay. uh-huh. the opposite Fresh Prince. That would be good. Rich kid sees what real people have to yeah. live like. Maybe Carlton's son mm-hmm. comes to. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Carlton can be involved. It's all the better, right? <laughs> right. But rest in peace, Uncle Phil. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, it's a tough one. Love that guy. Okay. A couple other movie news notes to hit on, and we'll get to some weekly recommends here a little bit later, but a few other things. Speaking of people we we grew up loving, Brian, Adam Sandler has returned to Netflix. He he teased after Uncut Gems that he said, (laughs) if I don't get nominated for this, I'm going to make the worst movie you've ever seen. And literally a week after he didn't get nominated for an Oscar, they announced a four-picture extension with Netflix for Adam Sandler, $275 million. They're going to pay him to do this. And it's funny because he said that, you know, he's always said that he just hangs out with his buddies in LA. Like he's got a big 
I guess office space in LA that's full. It's got pool tables and just like a, it's just a giant man cave basically. And he hangs out with all his, his happy Madison buddies and they just sit there and write movies, you know, and drink and do whatever they do. Like normal dudes are hanging out, but they write movies at the same time. So he's got like probably, you know, 20 scripts just lying around, you know, that mm-hmm. he can make. And, uh, and so for him, he's, they're just writing him a check for $275 million. He calls up Dennis Dugan. Let's do this. Get, you know, call up a friend, Jennifer Aniston, whoever it is to do, to do another one of these movies. And it doesn't have to be good because he's already made the money. People are going to watch it because it's Adam Sandler on Netflix. And, you know, I, I would love to see him do, take this money and this, this four picture deal. Mm-hmm. And make something great, you know. Yes. Like, what if, what if he just like? And he said he never wants to direct a movie, but what if he just like slays us with creativity? He's just like, I'm done making dumb Adam Sandler movies. I'm through with it. I've seen what real direction is like. I, I know what I can do, and just I don't know, not mail it in for once. Maybe <laughs> I feel like, or does I mean? Do you think he thinks? That murder mystery is like legitimately funny. No, no, there's no way. No, Adam Sandler knows what's up. There was a time where I wondered about that, and I was like, because I mean, we we talk about Will Smith. You're right. Like, gosh, Adam Sandler, that is my childhood. Um, and then there was a period where I was like, I really think he's just he's he's Mike Myers. It he's completely lost it, and he thinks that this this crap is funny. Um, and then there's a certain, I think it was probably about grownups too, by about grownups too. I was like, no, he knows it. He knows what's up. This is, mm-hmm. this is terrible. These are terrible movies. He knows they're not funny. He's out there getting cash and, and shooting movies in fun locations. And that's what he's about because we refuse to take him seriously as an actor. Um, we've done that over and over and over again up until Uncut Gems, and he's just, I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you be like, yeah, just give me $20 million. I don't care. Like, I'm just going to mm-hmm. go, I'll go do this. It's fine. I for sure got it when that uh, special that he put out, uh, 100% uh, wasn't fresh, last year now, but yeah. 2018, was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, okay, he for sure knows what what's up. He's just, this is easy money. And, you know, I... There's part there's a there's a small part of me that's like come on man like you could do better than this but then the bulk of me at this point is just like dude get paid I don't care get paid because I know what you're capable of pop out an uncut gems or, or a funny people or whatever every five years and then just go get your money that's fine like why you know why if we had the opportunity to do that of course we would do it too you know yeah absolutely and it proved to me uncut Jim said that that he he knows what's up you're right and he's self-aware and but at the same time netflix is like hey man murder mystery is the biggest movie we've ever done and, and more people have watched murder mystery or or you know your movies than have watched everything on netflix and there's like a mm-hmm. billion people that have subscribed that subscribed to netflix so here's 275 million dollars just just keep it coming, man. He okay if yeah, yeah. Got four totally. scripts on my iPhone here that I'll just forward to Dennis Dugan, and we'll we'll get mm-hmm. this thing going. And okay, you know, give me two hundred seventy five million. But maybe this gives him the the creative freedom to go do other stuff again. You know, he does. He's worked maybe, with Noah Baumbach, sure. and he's mm-hmm. done some stuff kind of on the side that you haven't heard about. I mean, the Cobbler failed horribly, and Men, right. Women, and Children is another one that he did. But, you know, if he can make his money elsewhere, maybe that gives him the freedom creatively to go back and do a stand-up tour like he does mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. do something else, not have to make Grown Ups 3, you know? Yeah. Not have to make Grown Ups 3 and make it a success at the box office to be able to fund his next mm-hmm. whatever it is he wants to do. And right. and that's great. Uh, if As long as we don't have to be subjected to pixels in a theater-level mm-hmm. stuff, I think that was his last theatrical a movie uh, that yeah. that he did and he was like once that failed he said he was never going to go back to <laughs> to movies I, again yeah um look the netflix it's that's he was like the first one great 
yeah, it, it's kind of great that he can go do that, and and we don't have to deal with those movies <laughs> in theaters. That's and, true. We can skip them easily. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And look, I should say too, some of the, there are some of those movies that aren't as bad as they seem to be, or they might be, or you you know you might think that they are. Like that one with Jennifer Aniston. That I don't just go with it. I think that's the mm. that's it's fine. Like it's fine. It's not. It's a C plus kind of movie. You know what I mean? So like just I don't know. I, I, I'm not gonna I, I'm never gonna get to a place where I feel like he shouldn't just go make his money. Especially when he keeps every time he tries, whether it's 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 Uncut Gems or Funny People or Spanglish or the the movies you mentioned that that just ultimately didn't work out, like we kind of as a, as a film I don't know, maybe Uncut Gems changes it. There was enough push behind that this year that like if he came back in a year or two with something else that was really good acting and in an interesting movie and stuff, maybe it would be different. But I don't know. I kind of feel like we're we're just there's a certain segment of uh, I don't know of movie uh, of the movie going popularly important the intelligentsia within uh, the movie community that just isn't going to accept him as a real dramatic actor. And so I don't know, man. Just uh, like I said, get your money. Just keep getting paid. So the last, but I'm movie, with you. I will. I hope that he turns it into, even if the those movies aren't good, that it turns it into. Hey, I'm going to go do a comedy tour, or I'm going to fund a couple of little indie movies that I'm going to be really good in, or mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I hope that he uses a little bit of that of that chunk of change for for good. Uh, Absolutely. So, Pixels was the last movie he did in theaters. That was 2015. After that, he did Hotel Transylvania two. If that counts, he's done. Hotel Transylvania movies, those are in theaters. But with Netflix, he had The Ridiculous Six. He had The Do-Over. He had Sandy Wexler. Oh, man. He had The Week Of, which I've never heard of, with him and Chris Rock. Yeah, oh, it's, that's the one that's about their their children are getting married. I watched never, like 15 minutes no of idea it and moved on is. to something else. came out in 2018. Just, yeah. The Week Of. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, I remember it. I watched ten minutes. Of, it wasn't even like, oh, this is the worst ten minutes ever. It just, I watched it and I was like, oh, I got to do something else, and then never um, went back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he had Hotel Transylvania three, Summer Vacation. Then the Adam Sandler stand up special on Netflix. Then Murder Mystery, Uncut Gems, and he's got a movie coming out this year called Hubie Halloween, and it stars Adam Sandler. Kevin James, Julie Bowen of Happy Gilmore fame, Maya Rudolph, Ray Liotta, Steve Buscemi, Kenan Thompson, and Rob Schneider. Now we're talking. Get ready for Hubie Halloween. Oh. Can't can't wait. Oh, man. (laughs) Is it animated or is it live action? It says comedy film. It doesn't say animated. All right. Written by I've Adam Sandler, directed by until now. Stephen Brill, who brought us Drillbit Taylor, so ah, without a paddle and Little Nicky, yeah, both so. of them. Mm-hmm. It's written by Hurley, so him and Sandler <laughs> back at it. Oh man, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say this is not going to be the return. This this is not going to follow in the Uncut Gems. Yeah, this, form. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he did this before Uncut Gems changed his perspective on okay. yeah. on what is yeah. good in in the world but but man yeah so so watch out Sandler for an incoming cash flow of 275 million dollars and we all need to watch out for Sandler's next movies okay a few other notes to hit on i don't think we should talk about fast and furious without richard here because it doesn't doesn't feel right to mm. to do it without family you know mm-hmm. and there's a but lot we can't wait we're very excited yeah we're, we're excited about he slingshot a car, Kent. He slingshotted a car. I cannot, he, uh, I cannot wait for this. Oh my god! Dom stands on the car and the and just like the car, <laughs> the car flips over and he just like I don't know, hulks it or whatever, and just picks up the car and it's very odd. <laughs> so like excited, now, man. now Dom is like has super oh, strength gosh. apparently. I, who cares? Yeah, maybe maybe he got a little of that super soldier serum that that Idris had in, in, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Oh dude, I can't, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped, <laughs> oh, I'm so pumped did, yeah. too. 
I'm so pumped for the listener too because I'll just a little 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 tease here for our VIPs. Um, Richard has a buddy named Condor who ha- is he has the greatest laugh of all time, and he is gonna we're gonna do a uh, a retrospective either on the whole series or we might just pick one. We haven't fully locked it down, but right before Fast Nine comes out in the VIP feed, we will have a review of a fast movie or all of the fast movies with, uh, with Eric, the condor and I, Oh, what a treat for the listeners. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Y'all should do Tokyo drift for sure. I'm going to need to know that whole story before this, apparently because of a big, I know I'm gonna have to go back and watch that one. Yeah. I didn't realize that would set the world on fire. The return of Han. Yeah. But apparently people like Tokyo drift. I think it's <laughs> a guilty pleasure type thing. I mean, Tokyo Drift has always, to me, been the second worst behind Too Fast, Too Furious. But, uh, but that's you know, they all have their charms, right? So we'll we'll see, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But yeah, we get some justice for Han here. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited, man. That's all I can't wait. Gonna be good. So I guess we'll tease a Fast Nine preview. It's it's gonna be coming up at some point in the near future before F9, the Fast Saga, mm-hmm. drops. The Fast Saga. <laughs> so that's, is this confirmed that it's the last one forever? No, they have one more for sure. It's Fast 10 is is currently slated as the end of the series. So we, Until it we makes 1.5 or 2. Yeah, million. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then they give... Yeah. You never turn your back Cena on family or $1.5 billion. That's my, that's my, that's my family motto. Um, I have it emblazoned across the walls of our, of our house. Uh, like live, laugh, love, you know? Exactly. Well, we've got kind of a theme going with this movie news, rumors, rumblings roundup here of just being given straight cash because Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda is being paid significant money by Disney to just release <laughs> Hamilton as a movie. What did they shot play. like years ago? Gosh. Yeah. And yeah. he is releasing it in 2021 for some reason in October. So this thing has been done forever. It's been shot, but I guess they're in no rush to put it out because they think it'll be relevant for at least two more years. Oh, it for sure. This. will. yeah. Do you, I mean like, uh, Hamilton is here right now. This this year, Hamilton's coming to Dallas and Fort Worth this year, and mm. it's sold out in about one point two seconds. Oh, I I know that. So, yeah, I mean, it will be. This is such a genius move. Gosh, like rather than rather than making a movie of Hamilton, they're ju- I mean, gosh, what a, what a smart play! Can't like I wouldn't just, want them to make a movie of it. No, I same mean, here. Yeah. yeah, just just. What they're doing is 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 genius on both parts because this thing will make I don't know three hundred million dollars <laughs> immediately I'll see it at least and probably then, twice yeah. yeah sure and then uh, <laughs> and then the, and they've already made it it costs zero it's t- cost nothing to make basically all they did was hired a, a yes. union crew for half a day to set up a <laughs> is, a rig yeah. this like is a stand up comedy special play. or something yeah yeah. yeah. Rick Richard said this off the air and he was, he's right. The only potentially like, Hey, what are you doing, man? Is like, I guess Lin, Lin Manuel Miranda will be, he'll be pumped to get the Disney machine behind it. So that, that makes sense on some front, but there is a part of it. That's just like, you could probably just indie release this dude and keep all the money for yourself. Cause this is, this is such an easy sell. Like we, you and I could come up with the marketing plan for this and it would still make a ton of money. I think, yeah. So. The, the main thing for him is distribution. So, I mean, Disney, mm-hmm. yeah, they have reserved spots every weekend for movies and theaters that <laughs> they tell the, the theater chains and yeah. that if you don't show this movie, Oh yeah, we will yeah. never give you another Disney movie yeah. again. Disney like they literally say that. They they do not. Yeah, and yeah. just ask Quentin Tarantino about that because I think it was the Hateful Eight that came out when when the Force Awakens came out, and it forced no pun intended his movie out of the theaters, and and they had this huge uh, screening planned at the Cinerama Dome in L.A., and they were going to do this big 70 millimeter thing, you know, and the Cinerama Dome said no, because Disney's making us show Star Wars here, or we'll never be able to show another Star Wars movie ever again. And (laughs) 
<laughs> so they had no choice but to say no to Quentin Tarantino and and to show Star Wars. And so, I, yeah, Lin-Manuel is counting on the distribution of saying, okay, we know Hamilton is going to be out in every single theater possible on, on opening weekend. And also, I'm sure it's a, another percentage point of Disney Plus revenue that he can get sure. whenever yeah. Yeah. whenever it goes off. So he doesn't have to worry about getting max cash for it on the mm-hmm. secondary market. It's probably just built into the deal that he'll, he'll get whatever. Mm-hmm percentage of the stream streaming rights or whatever it is. So I'm sure they made it a very lucrative deal for him, probably more than any other studio would be willing to give him in terms of points and back end money and things like that. So, sure. So yeah, genius by him. He's probably had this thing burned on a Blu-ray for like the past two years and he's just <laughs> shopping it around. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's got to make at least $300 billion. Yeah. And not yeah. even close. I mean- it's a it's a it's a great play by both parties. This is a, I mean, it's, this is a no brainer to me. Yeah, absolutely. So that's one of my most anticipated movies coming out. But we're gonna have to wait. Like I said, it's about two years for it to come out. It's slated for October of twenty twenty one for Hamilton to hit theaters. Yeah, probably right as the the stage production is kind of winding down a little bit, and then they release this then, and it's like, oh, we, we got to see Hamilton again, you know? Just, well, he you know. has In the Heights this year, so I'm sure, sure. it has yeah, that's, that's something a big to part. do with For sure. him being able For to sure. promote it, too, yeah. and being tied yeah. into that. And if that movie does well, he'll be in a whole mm-hmm. awards circuit kind of thing going, you know, so... Hamilton really is an amazing... Thing. We, we, you, we talked about it off the air today, but, like... It, I I love to do the the hundred universes thing. If there's a hundred universes in which Hamilton exists, I think Hamilton doesn't work in like ninety eight of them. Mm-hmm. But it's so perfect the way that he does it, and it and it it works kind of against the odds in a lot of ways. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. We were t- I sent you guys a screenshot from like a, an AMA that he did on Reddit, like five or six years ago, and, and somebody asked him, hey, uh, what's up with that Alexander Hamilton hip-hop concept album you have mentioned? And he's like, don't <laughs> worry, it's coming. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Who would have read that five years ago and be like, gosh, this is going to be A, good, and B, a success that made, I don't know how many billions it's probably made now off the tour and Broadway and mm-hmm. everything like that. So, yeah, yeah. If I was to pitch you my Nikola Tesla EDM <laughs> concept album, you'd be like, you should probably not waste your time, Kent, because there's no chance, right. even yeah. conceptually, that that's going to work. But mm-hmm. leave it to Min- Lin-Manuel to be creative enough to make that thing happen. And you're right. It's just such an odd thing. I'm going to do a hip-hop concept album about Alexander Hamilton, and we're going to ha- do it live on stage, and it's going to be awesome and mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's incredible yep. that 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 works and i'm glad i get to see it because i've never seen it i've heard the the album and i know very much about it but i've never gotten to go actually see it because of the reasons you mentioned of it being sold out for 10 years pretty much or whatever mm-hmm. however long it's been right. on uh, right it's in three yeah. years and never got a chance and, and probably won't get to see it here in dallas but uh, the book of mormon is another one that i've wanted to go in theaters too because mm. That one is fantastic, and people need to see that, too. It's so funny. And I'm surprised Matt and Trey haven't sold that that off to mm-hmm. to be released either on Blu-ray or something like that, because that's yeah. one that I would love to watch again. I did mm-hmm. get to see that one, not with the original cast, not with the Josh Gad cast, but uh, the current iteration of it in New York was, was great. I saw that last year when I was there, and well worth the extraordinary amount of money that I exorbitant amount of money that I spent on it uh, on tickets because it was it was totally worth the hype that's for sure mm-hmm. okay uh, well, I guess one more note I want to hit on is RIP movie pass Brian it's it's done <sighs> officially they filed for bankruptcy mm. not only movie pass but the parent company that owned movie pass is <laughs> is done mm. and so the question is is the director of marketing okay is it <laughs> In a shelter yeah. somewhere. Anybody check on? Uh, anybody checked on Chloe? Did they Chloe. did they adopt her out or <laughs> did they? Uh, I'm could because I'll be frank. There's certainly no one involved with Movie Pass who should be allowed to own a dog. Like there's no way they're taking care of a dog correctly. So I I hope she found a good home. I'm very nervous for her. 
We thought yeah. the Fire Festival doc was good. Just oh, wait until the movie pass doc drops. Please. I can't wait for I somebody really... to, to whistleblow about what those meetings were like. Yeah. As... <laughs> I really want to write a fake movie pass oral history or <laughs> do some kind of like a scripted episode or something. And just mm. because there's just, there's so much there that can be. There is. It's, it's amazing. I mean, gosh. All right, guys. Um, so you might guys might've heard, might've seen it in variety. Uh, we don't have any money, so let's, let's brainstorm ideas, how we can get back on track. All right, Tim, what do you got? What if we get a dog mascot? All right, good. I don't need to hear anything else. Anybody got anything else? No? Right. No? Good? Okay. Uh, what should we call it? Director of Barketing? Barketing. Love it. Love it. All right. Yes. We'll, we'll roll that out on social, and uh, all right, you guys go home. Oh good day. The most tone-deaf customer service ever. Like, ever. Any company. It, it was... Uh, they just flew too close to the sun, Kent, you know? And they just had no clue what to do once they got there. The best part about this was there was some big article about MoviePass. Maybe it was the New York Times or Wall Street Journal or somebody did a really long piece on it towards the end of last year. And and somebody whistle blew and said that basically MoviePass just shut down people's cards. Like yes. they, they, they're yeah. quote unquote active, most active users or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just, they just deactivated their cards and that happened to me. I, I went and I, and I showed you like there was no movies on my app at all. There was no, I couldn't see anything if I wanted to. And meanwhile, Richard was like, mine, mine still works great. And it's like, <laughs> have you been using your car? Right. right. Um, but yeah, it, it was right when Mission Impossible Fallout came. It was the, like two days before that. And they just shut down everybody's card because they knew that the onslaught of money that they were going to have to pay that weekend, they couldn't handle it. And so mm-hmm. they just, yeah, they just shut it down without telling anyone like there's, that's so illegal. And so it's, it's oh, yeah. And then, and, yeah. And then you remember the, this, the quote unquote security breach that, uh, I felt pretty secure in saying like, yeah, I think they sold these credit card numbers to somebody. Oh, I think yeah. this was a, I think this was cash influx, not a, uh, not a breach, but uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's tough. The thing that sucks is that it, it worked too well. And that was the kind of their whole business plan. They didn't really have a move to go to after that. Um, I wish it could have stuck. I wish it could have hung out on as an actual viable product for another six months to a year, something like that, because it did bring change. And that was all we, we, we said that from the beginning that, um, I remember talking about this cause we talked about movie pass a ton when it first started again, or, or re restarted, I should say. Um, but just that if, if it can have some impact on the industry, and then kind of force theater chains to start doing similar stuff, then that would be great. Like that would be a, a fantastic thing. And it, and it did. I mean, AMC A-List came as a direct result of, of movie pass. I wish it would have been successful for a little bit longer and would have forced the hand of, uh, Cinemark a little harder of, uh, even Regal, like some of these others, AMC was really the only one of the big theater chains that was like, yeah, okay, we, we see this, we got to make this happen. Cause Cinemarks is fine. Like I, I have Cinemarks Movie Club, but all it is is that I get a ticket every month. That's basically and twenty percent off concessions. It's not the same sort of thing. But there's for me, it's like well, it's it's basically since the credits roll over, it's like it's basically loaning them nine dollars a month until I need the credits, and that's fine. But um, it'd be great if they could force it to ha- or the Al- Alamo, same thing. Uh, it'd be great if that if that had happened, and, and maybe another six months of pressure on that would have would have made that come through. But it is what it is. But they just was such a horribly run company. There was, it's amazing it, it made it as long as it did. Honestly, yeah, you're right. There would be no AMC A list, whatever that I'm on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that has been fantastic to have that subscription and be able to actually use a functioning product from a company that can handle the financial onslaught that it, it caused them. And you're right, man. It, it's funny because I think that same article said 
they did the, the the 999 thing was supposed to start out as like a Memorial Day promotion or something, mm-hmm. but they got so many subscriptions that the CEO at the time or whoever was like, "Oh no, just just keep it going." And all the financial analysts were like, "Hey man, you got to stop this. Like yeah. we we can't." And he's like, "Yeah, but yeah. look at the it press." Was Michael's got Michael's got paper company. Yeah, basically. I mean, really, yeah. it, it was it was that level of thinking things through. Yeah, it was like, yeah, but we just got a write up. Yeah, that's because it's too good to be true. That's why people are posting about this because it's a ridiculous concept that shouldn't ever work. And gosh, it's fascinating. I, I would love to see some kind of tell-all be published, some kind of book. I'll be the first person there to mm-hmm. to buy yeah. that and read because, you know, that okay, was our we'll recommend that year. History that was my, my number one recommend of that year was Movie Pass yes. because it, 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 was was, awesome. it was awesome. Yes. I saw, I don't know, I saw Star Wars like four or five times on it and Avengers and all this stuff. Just yeah. every day I went to the movies pretty much on that thing. <laughs> yes, it was great. It was great. Yeah. For ten bucks a month, they only <laughs> they, they only made money if you didn't use it at all, or at one, uh-huh. or if you use it one time yes. in a market that costs less than ten dollars for a movie, right. which is very right. few these days. Yeah, they were <laughs> betting on people will pay for this when the, and not use it. That was a huge chunk. They're of, gonna of cancel the, it if they're not using yeah. it. There are people are. It's yeah. not a gym membership where you have to physically go up right. there and do. It's like you go online <laughs> and cancel it. That really should have been the next step. They should have made it to where you could only cancel by coming oh, to yeah. the offices in L.A. or New the, York. The or Nathan whatever. for you bit where yeah. he yeah he does this mail in rebate and the the rebate box is like at the top of a mountain and you have to, <laughs> right. you have to climb right. up there and yeah. it takes like three days. Yeah. And solve yeah. all these riddles. My wife's gym it. is like that. It's crazy. Like her to cancel. Cause like I joined a gym recently and I was like, we should just move you over to this one. It's closer. It's fine. And it was like, you have to send a notarized letter. Uh, it has to be like really? all these things that had to be done. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? It's 2020. I should send one email and that's it. Like that's, that's what this should take. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's movie pass really should have thought that through. You have to come into the office Pet Chloe, the director of marketing, for 15 minutes and then tell her to her face that you're leaving. That's the only way that you can get out of this. R.I.P. Chloe, if if you're gone, we miss you. (laughs) But I guarantee you Chloe's in some shelter somewhere. Just like why – what I was the director of marketing and now this. Life comes at you fast. All right. That wraps up – Pretty much most of the movie news, rumors, rumblings. We've got a few other things to, to discuss, but it would not feel right without Richard here. So, yeah, prayers up for Richard. Weekly and recommend here. We'll do a weekly recommend. Yeah, weekly recommend. Okay, go for a, go for the recommend, Brian. Okay, I'm gonna try this year to recommend more, a few more movies, um, since this is a movie show. But so I'll I'll try to stay stay on top of of the movie game. So there's a new uh, documentary that just hit Netflix uh, called Miss Americana. It's the Taylor Swift doc. <laughs> I'm T Swift for life, and I um, it, I mean, surely we you and I can't both. We've we've seen tons of of uh, documentaries that are better than this one is. But I thought it was an interesting look, and it is fairly um. She gives a little more than I than I kind of expected from it. So it's like part like here she is growing up and becoming the person that she is. But but much more of it is current and the political stuff and the Kanye stuff and all this. I thought it was a pretty interesting look at her life and in the midst of trying to uh, write new songs for the album and kind of showed a little bit of that process as well. And so I enjoyed it. Um, and I guess Taylor Swift is is a lover hate sort of thing, but. Uh, like I told my friends, like was was arguing with a buddy of mine, but I just said all my girl does is write bangers. So I'm 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 there all the way. So it was an interesting. It was an interesting little documentary and readily available on Netflix to uh, anybody who wants to check it out. So there you go. There you go, Miss Americana. No comment from me. <laughs> you know, I've liked T Swift. Her music is. I've always liked her music. I just I just found her. Personal, personally, to be insufferable over the past couple of years, mm. um, you know, mu- it's all music industry related stuff. Like some of the Scooter Braun stuff is, 
infuriates me to a certain degree as somebody who's gone through all that same stuff, you know, the selling the masters, the publishing rights, all of that stuff. Um, I don't want to go on about it, but there's some th- some things that have turned me off on her as a businesswoman, I guess. And, you know, I, I question whether she does music for the right reasons anymore. You know, it's legitimately. And, and point in case, if you've seen the documentary... There's a scene uh, towards the beginning where her mom calls her and to tell her the Grammy nominations. And she cries, like, about not getting nominated and then just says, like, well, I guess the only thing I can do is make a better album. You know, like, I, I just don't think most artists write albums to win Grammys. I don't. I don't know if I agree with yeah, that I, perspective. I, of it. I get that. I did not take it that way. And maybe it's, we're both bringing our own biases to the table there. I took that more as a, you know, I mean, I put a ton of time and effort into making this album and you, it's always nice to get recognition for the thing that you're right. That you've put so much work into. And when you don't get it, I, I don't know. I, I love. I kind of love that. I th- I, I kind of dug that she was like, okay, well, I need to make a better album next time. I don't know. I, I appreciated that. I, but I, I. So I came at it from it at a from a, a bit of a different. I don't, yeah, I guess my perspective is like, I'm just so used to. I don't know. I, some of these rock and roll hall of fame inductees. Mm-hmm. I sure. just love the people that don't even show up. Like they're. Oh like, yeah, I don't even sure. care. This is not what I. Why I do it? This is not why I make music. I make it to make art. I don't. Honestly, the the awards, the Grammys are rigged, and that was proven this year. And so, like, oh, it's absolutely, so yeah, no so question. dumb to put yeah. all your stock and emotion into whether you do or don't get nominated for a Grammy. And that, uh, it's so corporate for her now. Like it mm-hmm. didn't used to be like that, but everything she does, like is so calculated and corporate. And I guess it, when you're an empire, like she is, you know, that scene mm-hmm. where she's got like, she sits down with her managers and there's like 40 people at the table. It's like, really? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a brand. It's insane. As, as it's as like, holy, yeah, no you know, question. and she gets paid to not do the Pepsi halftime show by Coca-Cola and things like that. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just like amazing that her, her process is just so different than it was now, you know, it's like, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all like industry stuff. Like I think sure she's great. She's a great girl and all that, but, and, and I would love to hang out with her, but I would love for her to just be, to just do not what the conventional thing is anymore. You know, like, like, like some of the political stuff I felt like she only did because, it was the popular thing to do at the time in a way. I think there's definitely some calculations in, in what she, for sure. No question. I look to me, it goes to the same thing as like when people are, I've said this a million times. It's like, you should never expect anyone who is, you should never expect a movie star or a rock star or whoever to be uh, a pleasant human being or to not be a jerk because they all are. Everyone Mm -hmm. is. And it's the same thing with this. It's like anyone who is, who is that much of a brand, whether they are Taylor Swift or Michael Jordan or who Beyonce or whoever else. Now I'm going to get angry emails from the beehive. Uh, they suck. Like they're not fun to be around. Like, uh, I mean, right. I mean, it's, it's very rare. They're just, I mean, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, it would, it would be devastating if we found out that actually Tom Hanks is a terrible person, but that's about it. That's really where we kind of draw the line because I just have to assume, well, She's probably not that pleasant, but anyway. Uh, yeah. it, anyway, I, I liked the doc. I thought it was a pretty it's well interesting done. Look yeah, it's definitely well done. It, it's, it's just pretty like, well done. And, I don't and, think and I lo- yeah. love the songwriting. I don't think I could have. I mean, I felt that way before I watched the doc. So it was sure, sure, sure. It, yeah, it, it, all it did was right, like right, just kind of showed me her personality, and and I'll give her credit for putting herself out there like that. But you know, at the same time, it's not going to make you love taylor swift if you didn't already love her and it's not gonna if you didn't like her already you're still not gonna like her like i don't think it's it's revealing in a way that's gonna completely sway anyone's opinion Mm -hmm. oh now i like her you know it's much more process oriented than anything else yeah and her songwriting process is very organic and i Mm -hmm. i appreciate the one thing i will appreciate about her is 
is writing her, you know, writing her own music for yeah. the most part. Uh, and another thing that made me laugh is like, she's in the, the starting the seeds of, of that song with Brendan Urie or whatever. And mm-hmm. she's like, I think this is the first single. It's like, how about you write the song before you're talking about what the first single is? You know, like she hadn't even written like the verse yet. <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. But, but, uh, yeah, she's she's certainly charming and says all the right things. You know, she's like the Jason Garrett of <laughs> pop stars. Like, you're not going to get her to go up there and make a fool of herself. She's just not going to happen. She she says all the right things and she's like crystal clean. I would just love to see her. I don't know Miley Cyrus it if that makes sense and just kind of yeah I break think out of the more shell calculated just, than anything else though. Like I, I just think. Here's my this is this is the last not thing appealing to twelve year olds is what I would love to see I, her do. But that's I don't know, man. I just I think we live in a world where Taylor's for whatever reason we do it's not just her. We do this all the time. We 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 as a society, it's like we it's like we all vote somewhere and we just decide as a society, uh we don't like this person and we're just going to find anything that she does is going to be, we're going to find it insufferable and we're going to just crucify her. So if she, if she went Miley Cyrus and she went, she got crap for kind of turning from the country stuff. Okay. Well then she writes some pretty banging pop stuff. And then it's like, well, we're going to find a way to make the Kanye thing her fault somehow. And we're going to, if she, if she went Miley and kind of went abandoned, the path that she's been on lately, then people will be like, well, look at her. Just, I mean, it's, it's, it really is a lose, lose for her. It's, it's a, and again, she's not alone in this. We do this with lots of public personalities. We just decide this is who they are, or this is how we're going to think of them. And we all have to think that way about them. It's, it's a, I mean, we do the, we did the opposite with Beyonce. Beyonce just gets the exact opposite. Beyonce can do no wrong. And, there is no world in which Beyonce is fun to hang out with. You know what I mean? But we can't, we, we sure can't say that because Beyonce's Beyonce's the queen. We can't, uh, we can't, mm-hmm. we can't question it. It's just a, I don't know. Like you're right. Like this, the doc, that doc is not going to change anybody's opinion of her, uh, one way or the other. For me, it was more of, I, I could see, again, it's the process stuff that I thought was most interesting. Oh yeah. But, I mean, cool. And seeing her write those songs is really cool. I mean, I'll admit that like, sure. Like the, the the process of her writing that lover song was awesome, you know. Like with her, yeah. I don't know her producer. It wasn't Max Martin who's in it, by the way. And you never see Max Martin in anything, so right. getting right. to see him was really cool. Uh, I love that, right. but you know, but um, anyway, I would love to she, hear. Her, it's a lose lose. I guess the main no my main what thing, f- what I want for her, I want to hear her release a record that sounds like an adult wrote this. You know, like I feel still feel like nineteen eighty nine is dude. great. Gosh, yeah, it is, I, but. Oof. But Shake It Off is like a kids' bop song. I mean, essentially. Yeah. You know? Like, sure. I would love to hear the her. The single is. Yeah. yeah I would love to sure. hear her do an, a record that's just like so grown up, you know? And, but still her. I think that can be done. I think she could write a record that's just like, here's the next phase of my career. And, you know, I think she kind of tried to do that with Reputation and it flopped uh, for mm-hmm. what her standards are. And so she went back in a way to the well with lover but i would love to see her do like an acoustic record again you know Mm -hmm. or yeah something that's just totally that puts her on like almost a i don't know like a singer songwriter level rather than like a pop star but she can still do the stadiums and do all her old songs but but yeah i just i'm with you on that i would i would kill for i would love her to do more of a true Americana type. Oh album. yeah, man. Can you imagine if like she, she got in with Brandy Carlisle or somebody and, yeah. yeah, and they did like a, an acoustic kind of alt country thing or yes. gosh, yeah, that'd be, be great. You I, know? Would, I would, I would love that. And I, and I, and you're right. I think she's very capable of that. And I so think that I would, would win a Grammy too. Like I yeah. think her songwriting, uh, um, sensibilities are there. It's just like, she's stuck in, what is pop radio going to accept from me right now? And that's mm-hmm. kind of where she goes, you know? And I liked the stuff she did on the new record with the piano and stuff. I think yeah. she's moving into that direction of finding her creative voice as a 30-year-old or 31-year-old, mm-hmm. however old she is now. And 
And, uh, you know, I think her next record will be very defining for her. It'll be, I, it'll, so. I, I sure. think it, I, I, don't, I don't see her releasing like a, a very poppy record for her next one. I really don't. I, I think, I think her next one is going to be like, turn some heads towards her direction. You know, that weren't previously turned there. Sure. Hopefully. Um, I'm going to recommend a documentary as well. Cause I've been nice. on a, on a big documentary, uh, binge lately, but also big Alfred Hitchcock binge lately. So mm-hmm. been going back and, and revisiting some of his stuff. Thanks to a conversation with some Vipers and I've really enjoyed going back and rewatching his stuff, but there's a documentary he did. Uh, not, he didn't do, it was released in 2015, but it's about a conversation that he had with Francois Truffaut, who did that book, Hitchcock Truffaut. It's basically just a recorded dialogue of them talking about movies and it's put into text form and, you know, you can buy that book, but this is the movie version of that documentary and it's got a lot of great cameos in it. Uh, Bob Balaban does the narration, who's American Treasure, Bob Balaban, and then Wes Anderson's in it, David Fincher's in it, Richard Linkletter talks about him, Scorsese, and they just talk about the influence of Hitchcock and Truffaut and their relationship and how unique it was because Truffaut was 100% French and didn't even speak English really at all and had to have Mm. narration, I mean, not narration, but translation to to interact with Hitchcock, but they wrote letters back and forth. They were big fans of each other. And then, you know, sure enough, they got to sit down and, and talk and it became this legendary conversation amongst two of the greatest filmmakers ever. And it's a really good documentary that I, I suggest, you know, film lovers should watch. It's really, really, really good. Just to give you a background on, their impact on the industry. And yeah, man, I've gone back and dug up some old Hitchcock interviews and just such an enigma of a person. It's just unbelievable that he was a real guy, you know, cause he seems like a character out of a movie, <laughs> the way he talks, the way he looks, the way he acts and he, he, everything about him is just such a, so unique. And the way he saw movies and talks about movies is it's like listening to Roger Ebert or somebody like that who just sees movies in a completely different light and medium than everybody else, but it's still approachable to the masses, which you often don't get. You know, usually you get the you know the people that are super into movies are like the Lars von Trier kind of people that are so nerdy about it that ninety nine percent of people don't even understand what he's talking about because he's so deep into like the the theories of everything, you know, that the masses can't relate, but there's something special about knowing the medium so well, like a Steven Spielberg, but also being able to translate that to global acceptance is really rare. And Hitchcock was certainly one of the first to do that. I mean, he, he started off doing silent movies. I mean, he's one of the very first directors ever and grew the, blockbuster really into what it is now Mm. you know and and with a lot of his movies so i would suggest going back and watching some hitchcock movies but definitely check out this documentary hitchcock Truffaut. if you want to watch a documentary on hitchcock it's one of the best and francois Truffaut is is a is a genius auteur at his own right and i would would suggest him any day of the week but that's a really fun one i suggested another one called 7852 earlier this year last year that was about like the sh- the psycho shower scene and just the impact of that one cinematic moment throughout history and how that's been played off of since but that was another mm-hmm. good one too but hitchcock Truffaut is more personal i guess because it's Alfred yeah. hitchcock talking throughout the whole thing and bob balaban does a great job narrating it but Great, Bob great companion. Yeah, yeah, great companion to the book Hitchcock Truffaut, which is a, a must read for any any true lover of movies needs to read that. And just listening to those two guys talk about how they made what they did, why they did it, is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I I love movies about movies, and if anybody sure. Vipers or otherwise has a, a documentary that's about the movie making process or anything like that, please suggest them to me because I. I feel like at this point I've seen all the good ones and I know I haven't. So please suggest them to me. I, you know, making waves is one of the more recent ones I did, Brian, that I, mm-hmm. when, when Shane was on here, I suggested it to him to watch uh, when you had lost your voice. 
Yeah. It's about like smoothie sound and, and what goes into that. You know, it's for our, our audience that doesn't know the difference between sound mixing and sound editing. <laughs> like it's a, it's a literal documentary about that. And so it, it clarifies a lot of that stuff, but I just love the process. I'm more interested in the process of making movies than I am in the movies themselves. I know that sounds weird, but like I would much rather watch the making of documentary most of the time than watch the ma- the actual movie. You know, like when I go back and watch Star Wars, I'll go back and watch the commentary, the all the do- making of more times than I'll watch Star Wars. And I just am so fascinated at how an idea can be can be fleshed out on and made into an actual thing. I think that's fascinating. So yeah, Hitchcock is the goat. Love him. And uh, Hitchcock Truffaut gets my recommend. This has been a fun little movie news rumors roundup. Definitely would suggest going and watching Miss Americana. If you're a, if you're a Swift fan, it's good stuff. Very well done. And shout out to Richard for, for his Corky Romano sacrifice. We can only give him <laughs> lift up all the prayers. Poor guy. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. can't imagine that. I, I did Grown Ups and Minions back to back. Grown Ups 2, actually, which is even yeah, worse. It's even worse. And uh, I can only imagine Richard's thoughts while he was watching Corky Romano. So if you want to hear that Gosh. through audio, you can do that <laughs> on this feed as well. But shout out to our VIPs who we're going to get our Mammies episode, which is our first annual Mammy Awards. We're giving out some Oscar-y type awards to some movies this week prior to the Oscars. So if you want that, head on over to that VIP feed and, and get that episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. So where can we find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter, Beagle12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Kent, where can we find you? You can find me on the Twitters and uh, other social media at Kent Garrison. And find us at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. All of our episodes are available on there. we got more stuff coming at you next week. we got our best of the decade, 600th episode coming at you soon. That is, it was a really fun conversation with some, definitely some unexpected choices for our favorite movies of the past decade. So stay tuned for that very soon on this feed. Stay tuned for the movie draft as well. Place your bets, and uh, we'll see you next time at the cinema.